Good evening, folks. Let's go ahead and get started. We're going to start with the word of prayer, and then we will I'll hand over the mic to Rose. She'll give us the details from our last business meeting, and we'll continue forward. Dear Lord, thank you for tonight. Thank you for the opportunity your church has to have a conversation about those things that have already been accomplished and praising your name for what you've done, as well as the things that we would like to discuss going forward, the things we'd like to see you do. I pray that, as always, Meriden Hills would have unity of spirit and of mind as we discuss both the past and the future. I pray that you would be very clear in the direction that we should go with the choices that we'll be making tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Rose, if you could please give us an update on last business meeting. Thank you. The last business meeting was Wednesday, April 19th, um, 2023. And the highlights were the profit and loss uh, um, as is in the budget. The benevolence fund that we did for 3,000 uh, plus to the Shields family for medical expenses. Church enhancement, the flooring for 3,000 and the budget 15,000, um, which we talked about then. The outreach that was spent for 17,000, uh, spent on the winter toy workshop, which came into the following year, which um, into January. And um, that's why our numbers were inflated. And, but we're still on track to spend what we needed to, even though we're over by 10K. The parsonage upkeep um, was set for 20,000. We went over by 3,000 because of the decking, but it was cheaper than what the other guy had um, proposed to us and um, also. New members in the church, Patricia Pinkler and uh, Joel and Carrie Drost. And the third thing that was voted on, budget and selection for flooring given to the trustees. Um, Kim wanted to wait to sell the chairs because there's still a lot of life left in them and the general consensus for everybody was that we could wait. Um, and the motion was a yes for the trustees to handle the carpeting. Thank you. All right, uh, in, reference to <laughs> in reference to what you had um, said about the Carpet, we had originally budgeted 15,000, I believe, and then we added 3,000 to that. That's what you're saying, 15 plus three. And we, the carpet is essentially gonna be 18,000. To replace everything that we're doing here is gonna be uh, more expensive than we had originally thought. Unfortunately, most of the price is the carpet tile. The cost of the carpet tile itself is about 13,000, and then another uh, five or so thousand for the work. That's work to Get all of this replaced on stage. We're going to keep the wood. We're going to restain the wood to match the new carpet tile. And then we're going to pull up the planks in here. You may think that it's nice flooring, but if you look a little closer, it's a floating floor. It's chipped on the sides. It's getting stained already. And it was never intended to be a long-term replacement there in the library. It was just for the one year because it was so bad before. So we're going to pull that up and have the carpet tile just run into there. And then we're going to have it wrapping around here as well. And then they're going to put some uh, some different, like darker color carpet, not carpet tile, but like stair uh, carpet on the stairs for the baptismal, a darker color so it doesn't stain as easily. And all that covers all of this. What it does not cover is pulling up the floor, and we're doing that this weekend. I have some folks volunteering to come in to Friday night 
from about 5 to 7 or so. They can't make it Saturday, so they're going to get some work done. If you'd like to join them, you can do so. I will be here at 5 o'clock-ish um, on Friday to kind of get everyone started. And then I'm not staying because I'm coming in Saturday. But those that want to be here and do some work uh, before the rest of us come in Saturday, that would be, would be greatly appreciated. Okay, let's go ahead and get into our first item of business, which is bringing in our new members, voting our new members. The last members that were voted in, we had Patricia, and she was voted in. Uh, Patricia's not here today, is she, Gail? All right. She was voted in based, I know she was here Sunday, couldn't make the day. She was voted in based off of being baptized, and she was baptized in May, and so her membership became official at that point. We also voted in uh, Joel and Carrie Dross based off of meeting with them after the business meeting, and uh, Joel and Carrie here today. There you guys are. And we did meet together, and we went over the Constitution, so that was accomplished, and they're official members as well. Because we only vote in members four times a year, sometimes we do what I just mentioned, and that was vote someone on a contingency that what needed to be done would be accomplished, and I try to get that done as, as soon as we can. Tonight, we're voting on Nate and Leanne Regeer. If you could please stand for me, Nate and Leanne. They joined us about a month ago. Thank you, guys. And Nate is going to be the history teacher at Mid-State Christian Academy for middle school and high school. Leanne's going to be our new office administrator here in the lobby, greeting all the students and taking all of the parents' questions. And uh, Rose, we are so grateful for the time that you gave us, stepping in the middle of the year. Uh, but that was only a temporary thing, and so Leanne's taken over, has already been doing some work this summer, Leanne. So thank you for the work you've been placing uh, here at the building. Nate and Leanne have already both been working in our summer day camp with the kids uh, at our school. There are some positions that are year-round. Nate's position is one of them, and him and Leanne are sharing that, that opportunity to work with the kids in summer day camp. They're still deciding what ministry they want to be plugged into here at Meriden Hills, but they'll be actively involved pretty soon, and you guys will see a lot more of them as the time goes on. So we're going to vote them in tonight. I've already met with both of them, gone over the Constitution. Uh, everything's been done that needs to on the church's side. Tonight we're just voting them in as members. And then Samantha, where are you at, Samantha? There you are. Samantha, you're going to stand real quick. Samantha has been coming here about a year, right, Sam? Yep. Okay, you're in November. Thank you. You can have a seat. I won't embarrass you anymore. And so we're going to vote her in tonight as well. She has a great story to tell about how God brought her here. I'm not going to tell that story, but she came here already knowing what church she was going to attend, having done her research before she moved to Connecticut, walked up and uh, was certain that this was the church for her before she had even visited one of our services in person. I was a little skeptical, Sam. I got to admit, you know, I'm not, that doesn't happen often. But here we are almost a year later, and she's ready to be a member, so my skepticism was not founded. And Samantha's ready to be a member. We were not able to meet for the Constitution. We had some things planned this week, but other meetings of mine uh, unfortunately came up, and I had to reschedule. And we're scheduled for, I think, later this week to get together for the Constitution. So if you um, are willing, we're going to vote her in on the contingency that I'll complete the, the meeting with the Constitution, and we'll vote her in as a member as well. Do I have a motion to have the vote of our new members? Sam Mesa, second. Zerinati, thank you. All in favor? Aye. Okay. Place your votes, please. Zerinati. Umuego. Is that correct? Did I say it? Even close? Like, yeah, sorry, man. <laughs> sorry, Zerinati. All right. U-M-E-U-G-O. Um, U-M-E-U-G-O is his last name. Pastor John in counting the ballots for the new members. Once Miguel and Pastor John have completed that counting, if I could have 
Uh, Pam, if you don't mind counting with Abby, and the two of you can check their work. I think that going forward, I'd like two sets of two pairs of eyes looking at the ballots just to make sure after they're done, ladies, that they're going to do it first, they're going to mark it, their tally, and then you guys will confirm accuracy of the count. We'll be doing that for our ballots going forward. Well, <laughs> thank you for whatever you want, Pam. <laughs> okay, <laughs> let's, let's move on. We're going to move on to our budget. Uh, if I could have some folks help me pass these out, please. And a couple more to pass out these. These are separate. Okay, these are the QuickBooks version and, as always, my simplified version of the budget. So the QuickBooks version, this is unique. We haven't really done this before, but the QuickBooks version goes all the way to the current week, I believe. It's, it's as of this Sunday. It says at the top, but it's basically going into July. Normally, we only do the QuickBooks version up to the, the end of the quarter, but this time, we're bumping it up to our current, yeah, give me another one. Our current uh, month, July 26th. So this includes everything up until um, just this Sunday, in fact, up to today. Sam came and did some final work. You have the latest copy of our QuickBooks. All right, as always, I'm not going to go over the QuickBook version. If you would like to look at that, that is now yours to own. Let's go over the, the Pastor Russ version right here. This is the two-sided breakdown of what we budgeted versus what we spent. Now, at the very middle top right, you see tithes and missions of 2016 all the way to 2023. Currently, up to this point in 2023, $182,000 have come in on tithes. We were expecting at the end of the year 330000 so you can see that that amount is on its way to matching our expectations. In fact, it might even get a little higher than what we had thought by the end of the year. Missions, we had expected 40000 would come in, and we have 20000 thus far, so we are on target to matching both um, a budgeted income items. Uh, last year, if you remember this point in the year, we recognized we were way over budget in the, in the sense of our budget was a lot higher than our income. Do you remember that? And we were scrambling and making some adjustments at this point last year. So looks like we got a little closer to reality this year, and the amount of money coming in is matching what we thought or said that it would. Okay, we're going to go through this pretty quick. Auto maintenance under budget. We've spent um, half of what we said we would so far. Benevolence and uh, love gifts. We said 1500 we spent 38 If you remember, Rose just mentioned our church had given $3,000 to the Shields family. That money was offering, received, and given, but it did go under benevolence, which means we're over budget, but we're over budget because you gave 3000 more than what we were planning in the year. Building enhancement. We budgeted 15 have spent 3006 and we got another 18 coming because of the flooring. That, that flooring should be the last thing that we're going to be doing for the building this year. My wife and I, we have no other plans to do any other building enhancement. Uh, so we will be over budget on that. We discussed that last time we were together. But it's going to be, when we're all done, about 21,000-ish, 22,000. So we'll be about 7,000 over the original what we planned at the beginning of the year budget. 
Security team, you can see we're under budget there. Cleaning services, budgeted eight, spent 45. Again, I round, so please understand the QuickBooks version has dollars and cents that I not include. I either round up or down, but I'm giving you the general idea. Cleaning products, budgeted 6,000, spent 46.32. The singles, collectives ministry, budgeted 1,000, spent 203. Foundations, budgeted 38, spent 1,032. Hospitality, special speaker, budgeted 15, spent 858. Insurance, budgeted 20,000, spent almost 15. Uh, now, remember again, this QuickBooks includes this month. Sam, did that, how many more quarters do we have left to? One more quarter. So we actually should be pretty close to that 20,000 we're done, shouldn't we? Okay, good. So the in, don't, don't be concerned there. The insurance is not gonna be another 15, it'll be maybe another five or six when we're done. So we'll be pretty close to what we budgeted for insurance. IT website, budgeted 5,000, spent 3,000. Kitchen, budgeted 1,000, spent 123. Ladies group, budgeted 4,000, spent 343. Landscaping, budgeted 25, spent 548. Uh, that includes snow removal. Life group, we had a whole lot less snow this year than we thought, right? So that's, that's, that's why that's so low. Life group, budgeted 500, spent 480. Kingdom kids, budgeted 6,700, spent $1,914. Missions, budgeted 40. Spent 21. Nursery budgeted 1,000. I didn't even put it on there. I think we spent like a few dollars. It was like next to nothing that we spent on nursery. Outreach. We'll come back to that. We budgeted 30. You can see 35. Let me keep going. I'll return. VBS budgeted 35. We, uh, I've spoken with the pastoral staff. I've spoken with my wife, and we have decided that we're going to do something different this year with VBS. At the beginning of the year, we, were, we had this plan. It's going to be a dinosaur-themed VBS, a Jurassic Park-themed VBS. As we're getting further into year, I... I've n I recognize a lot of my staff are going to be gone. A lot of folks will be traveling during that week. It's gonna be, it would be a difficult week to hold a VBS. Um, I'm getting a little tired from all the things that have happened this summer, and I just did not have it in me to do a VBS. I'm sure that this church could have pulled it off. I, I know you guys could have made it happen. But I have come to a conclusion that I think the original intent of VBS years ago was to reach the community. At least that has always been my intent. And... What I'm finding now are a lot of churches are hosting VBS, but it's essentially a bunch of kids from other churches just church hopping, going to VBS at various churches throughout the summer. That's not a bad thing. There's nothing wrong with that, but that's not necessarily why our church is hosting a VBS. Not, we're not doing it to entertain kids who go to other churches. Our goal has been outreach, 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 reaching the community. It doesn't seem that our VBSs have been doing that in the last couple of years. That's not the reason we're not having this year. I gave you the reason we're not having it this year. But paired with what I've seen, we're going to do something different this year, see how it works. And if it works like I hope, then we may just transition to that going forward. We have budgeted for VBS $3,500. We were not able to do the 4th of July event due to supposed weather that never actually came about, but whatever. So we're going to take the event we were going to do on the green for the 4th of July, bump it to the end of August. We're going to do a festival, like a half-day festival, inflatables, water slides, uh, we have some giveaways, some, some shoes. I've been um, hoarding purchases of brand new Nike shoes and other brand shoes that are youth and adult sizes. We're going to give hundreds. We've got like three plus hundred shoes to give out right before the school year starts. Brand new. And some of these, these, some of these shoes each are worth like $300. They are expensive shoes. I did not pay $300 per pair of shoes. Do not worry. I was paying closer to $8 per pair of shoes because I get them... Uh, I'm not going to go into it, but from a discounted nonprofit for the purpose of giving them to the community. So you pay like way less than they're worth. 
So we have hundreds of shoes, very nice shoes, that these kids in our community would never be able to afford. We're going to give them away. We're going to have two times of a short devotional and essentially open it up to the community and have food and live music and hopefully reach the community and their families in a unique way this year at the end of the summer rather than a three-day VBS really just reaching other church kids. We'll see how it works. That's the goal. We'll be using the $3,500 budget for VBS at that time. I'll park there and take any questions since I've brought it up real fast about that. Yes, Rose. One day, one, not a full day, like maybe a 10 to 3 kind of thing. I'll do, well, when I say devotional, one, I'll, I'll, I'll speak twice. Once probably in the morning and once probably in the early afternoon. They're going to get it twice. All right. Anyone else? Yes, we will establish a rain date this time. <laughs> Live and learn. Yes. Yes, the worship part will be the live music. Yeah. The worship part is the live music. It'll be live music, worship music. Paired with the gospel and the other message that I'll be giving. Yes. There is a chance it's not a Saturday. That is our original date, and the rain date would be the Sunday. <laughs> Saturday and Sunday. Let's hope it doesn't rain all weekend. Anyone else? All right, good. Moving on from VBS. Office. Oh, we do have another one. Pamela, go ahead. Uh, I will have one general and one for the children, and I will we will design it so that we're going to do a giveaway for the kids who are there, and we're going to bring them all up front and say right after I'm done speaking, we're doing this giveaway so that the kids will all want to be up front. You good? All right. Office supplies budgeted four thousand, spent twenty eight. Office administration we budgeted zero and spent twenty two. I specifically remember saying in January, oh, we don't use the office administration. And here we do. We use the office administration. I spoke with Sam before. And he said, yeah, we have like um, monthly uh, payments going out to planning center stuff that go to this. And so I misspoke in January and should not have erased that budget, but here we are. So we didn't budget anything for it, but unfortunately there's some things that we are paying on in it, and we will adjust that in January next year. Parsonage utilities, budget 54, spent 58. Do not be concerned about that doubling. Pastor Ethan and his wife have moved into a smaller house on Sunbright Drive that is owned by the school. The school purchased the house for their teachers, and they're living there. And now the teaching staff are moving over here, and uh, the utilities at the Parsons are now being paid by the school. So the church will not be paying any more in that budget of Parsonage utilities. That's, that's done for the year. Parsonage upkeep, 20000 spent 23 Rose in her um, minutes from last business meeting already explained we, it was going to be over because of the deck. We've talked about that. Pastor appreciation, budgeted 35 spent 12 Pastor education, budgeted 15 spent 915 Pastor conference retreat, budgeted 5000 spent 500 Lead pastor bonus, budgeted 1500 spent 500 Pastor housing, budgeted 33000 spent 19000 Assistant housing, budgeted 12000 spent 55 Pastor mileage, uh, for reimbursement and foam, budgeted 5000 spent just shy of 2500 Pastor retirement, budgeted 3600 spent 2100 Pastor salary, budgeted 19000 spent 10000 
Payroll, professional fee, budgeted $1,200, did not spend anything. Printing, budgeted $1,500, did not spend anything. Repairs and maintenance, budgeted $10,000, spent $25. Samaritan ministry, budgeted $10,000, spent $5. Special events, budgeted $5,000, spent $13. We'll come back to that. Sound booth, budgeted $10,000, spent just shy of five. Teens, budgeted $10,000, spent $6,000. Utilities, budgeted $50,000, spent $30,000. Worship resources, budgeted $45,000, spent four. All right, there's two items, as you can see, we need to discuss. Let's go back to the top and talk about the outreach. Rose also mentioned at the January, we had already discussed that we had brought $10,000 into this year that was really to be spent last year and was spent last year but not paid until January, and therefore this current profit and loss is reflecting monies that were paid in December that we budgeted for December but got paid now. So unfortunately, our budget for outreach is reflecting $10,000 that really doesn't apply to this year, but QuickBooks thinks it does because of when it was paid, which means our outreach is really about $25,000. Now, that's still pretty close to the $30,000 that we stated, but the next event that we're doing is under the VBS budget, and then after that, really, the two only other big events we're doing are the Thanksgiving and the Christmas toy shop. Now, $5,000 is not probably going to get us to through both of those events uh, fully, so we may take up an offering like we did last year to do one or the other. But um, we also spent a lot of money on the Winter Toy Shop last year. And we're going to change up some things on the Winter Toy Shop as far as registration, pre-registration, confirming who can show up. We had a lot of people who didn't even register at all. And they showed up and we gave them a toy this year. They're going to register, get a ticket, and they have to bring the ticket to show us they registered so that the kids who register get something and not just random people who show up that we didn't plan for. I was going out that night and buying hundreds, probably, probably over $1,000 of toys during the event because kids were showing up that we weren't planning for. So we learned from that mistake, are making some adjustments so we don't end up in the same scenario again. Yes? Hold on. Yeah. Right. That's what a lot of churches do. That's what a lot of churches do. We try to give them experience, not just the toy, which is why we decorate the upstairs. Otherwise, we're just repeating what everyone else does, and it's really not as big of a deal. So I'd like to stick with what we're doing and just fix some things that need to be fixed. It can't be in addition to. We don't have the funds for that. No, I was just thinking maybe to organize it where yeah. people would. Because churches don't really do that, so they have to kind of get in on it. And there's times where that's what was already in, and they just registered, so they showed up in the event, or it was something completely else they did. Yeah. No, she was talking about just doing the toy shop in a different way. I'd like to move on. If you have any comments or helpful suggestions about the toy shop, you can let me know. But it's not really a business meeting thing um, or budget thing. I was just kind of informing you guys. But I'm happy for any suggestions about how to streamline that if you helped out last year and have some ideas. All right, let's go now down to the special events. We budgeted five and we spent 13. I was just speaking with Sam before, and I say, Sam, what did we spend on the special events to be so high, so over budget? And Sam said, well, I took the things that the men were doing, and I put it under there, and the things that the ladies were doing, and he put it under there. And that's um, about, well, it's thousands of dollars from both the men and the women that were placed under here. And I said, well, the ladies have their own um, 
uh, if you look at the first page, 4,000, and they only spent 343, and, and so now I know why. <laughs> so um, we're going to, Sam and I will talk about how that money is being allocated and where it's going. And also, I think, Sam, some of this money was um, they paid for something, like the church paid for it, and then they were reimbursed by the people. Is that also correct? Okay. So also, a lot of this special limited money is not the church paying it, and we didn't get it back. So, so let's say the church paid for John took a guy's group of guys bowling, and you spent how much for bowling, John? Directly to the bowling? Oh, okay. Well, in some cases, if we go somewhere and the church pays for it and then they reimburse the church, um, it's still coming out as an expense for special events under the group. So, unfortunately, that's not um, as accurate. As at least as I, I can't really describe it much better than that. I can tell you that we're not just spending $13,000 on a bunch of fun things that we've done, uh, although some has been fun. We did the picnic. The picnic alone was $3,000. That was in, in uh, June, so that was a big portion of our special event and uh, that we had the inflatables out there and everything like that. So that was a big cost, $3,000. Um, you have here, looks like, Sam, $3,000 from a fellowship and then $4,700 from special events, and there's some general things in here as well. So... I think what we're going to have to do, unfortunately, is kind of clean that up a little bit, and then for the next business meeting, we'll, we'll have that reorganized so you guys can see and broken down where all that money went. So I would like to tell you I can give it all to you now, but it's not really going to happen, so you'll have to wait till the next business meeting where we break that up and put them in the budgets that it belongs if we can, and also explain what monies was paid out purely by the church and then how much came in and then went back out again. Okay, that's the budget. Any questions on the budget? All right, do I have a motion to accept the budget then? All right, thank you. I'll take James Harriet in the back as a motion and then Miguel Diaz as a second. All in favor? All right, all right great. Motion carries. We're going to go ahead and move on to our next discussion and that is the rest of the night. I'd like to talk about Joseph Montavo and what it is we are discussing tonight and what it is we're going to vote on tonight. Now, sure. And zero. Oh, okay, okay. And zero. Ab no one abstained. Okay. Thank you. So Nate, Leanne, and Sam, you guys are members of Meriden Hills and can now be a part of the next vote that we're holding for Joseph Montavo. <laughs> okay. As we're passing out the vote, I wanted to be a little clear on what it is you're voting tonight before we actually start the conversation. We have about 20 minutes to have this conversation. We can go longer if we need to, but 20 minutes is the allotted time for our business meeting remaining. We are not voting tonight on bringing on a counselor, a school guidance counselor, or a therapist. The church is only voting on bringing Joseph Montavo on as the Spanish pastor of Meriden Hills Baptist Church. That's it. Along with Joseph comes his licensed therapy experience and education. And, of course, as with all of our pastoral staff, the things that we can do well are a benefit to the church. If you're concerned that, um, well, I don't know that I would get counseling from Joseph for whatever reason, well, that's not what we're voting on tonight. We're voting on the Spanish ministry having a leader in January after Pastor Rufino and his church exits. 
And so whether, whether you think Joseph's therapy would be a benefit to our church or not, or a benefit to our school or not, um, I'm happy to have that conversation with you. And you are welcome to have that conversation with Joseph tonight. I'm not saying we can't talk about those things, but that's not what we're voting on tonight. The church is, gonna, is voting on covering $25,000 of Joseph's payroll annually, which would start um, next month, beginning uh, end of August. We'd start paying him end of August. And so it would not be a full 25 the rest of this year. It'd be, it'd be like 12,000 for the rest of this year and then 25 for the next year. The school would pay 25 as well in the same thing, 12,000 this year and then 25 going the year forward, covering our portion as a school for the services as a therapist that he provides our students at the school. As far as Joseph's, again, therapy and, and what it can provide our church on an evening with a group or um, making himself accessible to our members because he's a pastor at our church, that is a conversation you can have not just tonight but anytime. Um, but we need to consider who do we want to lead the Spanish ministry of Meriden Hills. And that's what I really want to keep the conversation streamlined on tonight. Before I have Joseph come up, I'd like to let you guys know that we are still five months out. And Joseph and I have been talking uh, recently even. Over, we, really, we, this conversation started a year ago. Joseph, we've been talking since a year. It's, it's picked up speed, and we've talked more over the last months. We've had some more conversations even over the last week and couple of days. But as the coming months take place, Joseph will be meeting with myself and Pastor John and Pastor Ethan to discuss how we are going to start the Spanish ministry, to discuss strategies to set Joseph up for success in the best possible way as he plants a church. Uh, Joseph has the benefit of a church planter, Pastor John, who was in the church planting ministry for how, how many years, John? Nine years. Joseph has the benefit of myself, who has been in this church now for 11 years. Joseph has the benefit of Pastor Ethan, who's been working with teens for as long as he has been a teen. So there's a lot of things that we can bring to the table to assist Joseph when it comes to leading the Spanish ministry. And we've got five months to do so. There will be more details that we will give the church as we get closer to that event, but I can tell you right now there will be a series of things that we'll be doing in the community, having conversations, putting out advertisements and videos to let, this, let the community know we are starting a new ministry, Spanish ministry, of Meriden Hills here in January. Now, as you know, our church is already pretty well known in Meriden. And a lot of people have asked me, is there a Spanish church at your church? And I said, well, there's one that meets, but not one that's attached to us. For me to be able to now go on and say we are starting a Spanish ministry when we're already so well known, and especially at the event at the end of August, hand out information in Spanish saying, starting January, here's some shoes, and also come and see us in January with our new event. And at the Toy Winter Shop, which, by the way, a lot of folks who come to our events are minorities, and a lot of those minorities are Hispanic. And so being able to say, hey, at the, at the Thanksgiving meal and at the, um, at the uh, winter toy shop saying we are starting an event and as we're getting closer and closer, I'm not saying that Joseph's going to have 50 people here on the first Sunday. Uh, that's not necessary. That's not expected. But I imagine that as we get closer, there will be people that will be interested to see what's going on, and we'll be able to start the Spanish ministry with brand new people. We're not looking to keep the people that are with Pastor Rafino. I'm hoping and expecting that they would all exit with their pastor and establish a new church in the community. I have no desire to keep even one of his people here. Um, in fact, I would highly encourage them if they did stay to say, look, you need to stay with Pastor Rafino. Well, you know, what reason do you have to stay here? We're looking to start a brand new ministry 
with people in the community with Joseph. Okay, Joseph, I'm going to let you come up here now. You can come up front. We'll start with Joseph and allow for the open forum of the church to ask any questions you might have. Direct it to Joseph, and then we'll give about five minutes for Anna after Joseph is done. Yep, yep, you got to answer some questions as well. Uh, after Joseph is done, if you'd like to ask questions, we can do so with Anna. So are there any questions for Joseph? As you're thinking about your questions, oh, Amy's got a question. I was going to, it's all right. We'll get started, Joseph. I got some stuff for you if, if no one else has any. Nope, go ahead. Anyone else? Sarah. Do we have a mic for Sarah? Is anyone else handling mics or is John the only one? <laughs> Let's uh, get some other mics around. It's huge for me because although my name is being spoken, um, 
it is the body of Christ. And so as I stand here, I can only do so much. I look around and I see people who are going to love me, support me, be there for me. I'm under great pastoral staff. And so I honestly don't see it as this is what I'm going to do, right? I I see this is what the Lord's going to do with the congregation he's given me. Obviously, it would be a fantastic ministry. It's still Maranatha Baptist Church. Our goal and prayer for years have been how to unite the Spanish-speaking ministry with this this English-speaking ministry, and I look forward to it. So um, I am blessed enough that I get to fellow with faces that I already know and people that love the Lord as well. So, but yeah. The hard question is covering that side of the cross. understand when I, before I even contemplate this decision, I spoke to Pastor Russ, and Pastor Russ makes it a priority to anyone that's staff here, anyone that serves the church and school, that it becomes a priority. So in terms of making time, the reality is, this is number one, right? This is ministry. So um, as much as things I do outside of the church and how many things I'm involved in, that still takes a second plate to the to ministry life, um, and my family's right after that. So um, strategically, intentionally, um, yeah, that's something that I always plan for. My question goes kind of to both you and Pastor Russ. Um, the Spanish ministry is a minute is going to be part of Meriden Hills, and yet it will, I'm sure, meet separately and do things that are somewhat separate because the language divide. Have you thought about strategies to make them? feel united as one with the church and to be a part. I'll answer that question. So Joseph has not yet been the lead pastor of any church, let alone a Spanish ministry here at Meriden Hills. I've spoken with Joseph about some of the things we're going to do. We'll talk more. And the greatest plans uh, fall apart when the battle begins, right? And we're in a battle. So we can plan, and then we just have to be willing to adjust and see what this actually looks like for the first time ever at Meriden Hills. But the plan is that, first of all, I'm going to start learning Spanish, and I would rotate with Joseph. Joseph would come and preach for um, the English-speaking service at least once a quarter, and I would go preach for the Spanish-speaking service once a quarter. First couple times, I'd probably still need an interpreter, and there are folks that can do that in our church, including Miguel, until I was able to actually really learn it well. Um, after that point, I would hope that I could you know, write out the, the message in Spanish and know Spanish enough within a year that I could, you know, have a basic message and be involved at least on an occasion with the Spanish ministry. On top of that, we all picnics, all festivals, all events that we do, including men's bowling and things like that, Joseph would bring the entire group or part of the group. If it's a ladies' event, the ladies from the Spanish ministry and Anna would join the ladies. And they don't all have to speak the same language to still enjoy the company of each other. And the same with the men in bowling and the same with, with at the picnic. So integrating both ministries in the adult events and, of course, the teens from the Spanish ministry would be invited to anything Ethan's doing. Yeah, if that's not incentive enough that Pastor Russ is going to be preaching in Spanish, 
I mean, come on. Um, and then Miguel just got an interpreter job on the same spot. So um, you can see God working already, right? Um, but yeah, so yeah, that's great. Can you see Pastor Ross? Hola, como estas ustedes? Yo le bendiga. Rosetta Stones 101. Yeah, He's fifty yeah, percent yeah. Colombian. Yeah, yeah. So I'll leave it there. I'll, I'll just, I just brought joy to my heart. Just the visual of it. So, yeah, nothing of substance to add. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um. So one thing that kind of has been a concern to me, and I, I did talk to Pastor Russ about just his thoughts on it, and he was able to give me some more information. Um. One thing that kind of surprised me when I when it was first presented to the church is that until it was presented to the church that we would vote on this, I really never did see any of you involved in ministries here. Um, and I know you both have a lot of outside ministries and things that you're working on. Um, and so to me, I kind of thought that, you know, that was your focus. And I, I really haven't seen any of you involved in any full-time or even, and I'm not talking about like work full-time, but I mean just like a, a ministry here that you're, you're on a schedule for. Um, so it, it does feel like a big jump to go from that to being in a, a pretty high leadership position with no kind of gap or bridge leading up to the, where it's like building up to something like that. Um, so I, I don't know if I am missing, you know, involvement that there has been or what that, that was just something that has been a concern to me. No, absolutely. That makes total sense. I think um, just to bring back of our, our our history, the congregation, Pastor John hasn't always been here. Pastor Ethan hasn't always been here. And so there was a time where it was just Pastor Russ. And right off the bat, I was the one leading the men's group. I was the one covering for him to preach when he was out here. And to be honest with you, it's something that I actually do enjoy. A lot of the things that I do, you will never see. A lot of the things that I do, you will never hear about. Um, that's intentionally done. And so I actually find that as a glory to God that there are things that you haven't pointed out and haven't seen. Amen. Because the reality is 90% of the things that I want to do, I do not want it to be seen. Um, however, there's hearts and there's people here who have seen me serve. And that's, that's for me, that's enough. That's a great question. But the reality is, and Pastor Russ could add on if he wants to add on, um, and have, been, have I been staff? Absolutely no. Have I had a, a pastoral position? No. Have I been involved in ministry? Absolutely. I'm going to answer that as well, and uh, mainly because I'm the one who's ultimately responsible for the staff that we bring on, and that is a question that cannot be ignored. I had told Michelle some of this earlier when we talked, that there were some events, and, and for whatever reason, Joseph chose not to mention them, uh, family events, specifically with their youngest son, Xavier, that was going through some health things when they first took him into their home and through the adoption process. And only recently has Xavier, I think in the last year or so, like had a significant um, jump in health. There were, I don't remember how long, because when you don't go through it yourself, you forget, but it, it seemed a while. There was a while where, it's true, when, when before John Ethan was here, Joseph was helping with life groups and meeting his, um, leading men's group with Don and others. And then when they chose to, to rescue Xavier, it was a rescue, when no one else would, it took a lot from their family, and not just because they were adopting a young boy, but because the young boy had so many health problems. Um, recently, those health problems have gotten better, 
praise the Lord. And that is why one reason recently, uh, as of a year ago, I started talking with Joseph and I said, Joseph, are you ready to kind of, you know, make this a priority? Because for the previous two, three years, that was consuming a lot of your time, the, the health issues with your son. Paired with that, um, Anna also became the director of ABC Women's Center around the same, about a couple of years ago, in the middle of all of that with this baby, not the same time as the beginning, but in the middle. And I have told the Montavos from the beginning of Anna joining ABC Women's Center that I just view her as a missionary. On Sunday mornings, you don't see Anna often because she's at another church representing ABC Women's Center to that church. Joseph actually does sit in the back often, is not as involved because he was going through his college courses for uh, his graduate studies for licensing. That is now done and has been the director of ABC Women's Center a couple years. Hopefully things are starting to smooth out. But the benefit of having a Spanish ministry with the Montavos is that it's in the afternoon, which means even if Anna does continue going as a missionary representing ABC Women's Center in the morning, it doesn't hinder her from coming and worshiping with her husband and the Spanish ministry in the afternoon. It's actually a really good fit, in my opinion, for the ministry God has currently given you with ABC Women's Center. Uh, I think the real question, Joseph, that the church would probably need to hear is, are you ready to prioritize the ministry of Meriden Hills with the health issue of Xavier behind you, with the education you had to go through and you're done with that? Are you ready to prioritize again as you did before those things happened? And, and I appreciate Pastor Russ for saying those things. It's a lot easier when someone else says it for you. Um, in terms of, of my youngest son, um, we could sit down. I could tell you all the conditions he came with. It's a very complicated thing. I mean, just to be self-transparent to my body of church, there was times where I was in a hospital for uh, 20 hours, uh, 24 hours, average two hours of sleep, um, having him medicated over and over and over and over and over, not one day that I miss a service. Um, during that time, intentionally, my heart is for it. In terms of prioritizing, uh, my youngest son starts kindergarten. Um, and so he's not home. And so it's also not COVID. And I'm not, I don't have five kids at once. I don't have a, a child who's sick. And I'm not managing a group of five children at home. He'll be starting kindergarten with support services as well. So um, that's a guarantee that he should stay at a location. Because if Xavier started school a year ago, he would not be at school. And so that's been another thing that sometimes gets lost, that I've been full-time father as well as a full-time therapist, well as a full-time many other things. And so, yeah, um, there's, no, there's no way about it. I mean, we sat down, and the first question was, is God's calling you. This has to be number one. This has to be first. And so I accepted that. I didn't accept the pastoral at that moment. I did not accept any conditions. Details, logistics weren't spoken. What I did accept was that I was going to make this ministry number one, prioritize. And so, yes, I'm there. God has done the work with my family, the healing of my family, um, and created kind of streamlined uh, and made the soul nice and fertile for, for this ministry to be planted. Um, I was going to echo off of what uh, was said prior, which is, um, you know, that transition. And I, you know, I've seen your other ministries, which you're, you're being a rock star at. Um, but also kind of what that transition looks like. Does it need to be a full-time pastor? Does it need to be a separate service? Could it be, you know, a Sunday school? Could it be a life group uh, where you're integrating people into the church and not splitting them with a, a different service? Um, and then kind of along that, I know you just finished school, um, but 
what qualifications do you have to be a pastor? Do you have any formal training in that? Are you ordained? Um, questions like that. Yeah, so I was a youth pastor, and I went to, uh, he told me, he said last time that I was at a Pentecostal church, and I, and that, during that denomination, I was ordained. I did go to, I did go to seminary. I did have hermeneutics and theology one through fourth. I did have church history. I had dispensationalism. I had all of that. Um, and as well as that, I did take an additional ministry program where I became a chaplain in that denomination. Uh, and I see this just to share it was top of my class. Um, but I was a youth pastor for eight, nine years, and we would never compare. But the challenges that that congregation presented in comparison to this um, was a lot more challenging just due to the fact that we didn't have the, the leadership that I had in the congregation. So, um, yeah, in terms of preparation experience, it's been there. In terms of uh, ministry, seminary, um, that's also been... Uh, taken as well. In terms of ordain, I'll be very honest, that's something he would talk about. In terms of how that changes through a Baptist church, I'm not sure, um, but I am licensed as a minister even in the state of Connecticut. Joseph, Joseph is now more Bapticostal than he is Pentecostal. <laughs> We're slowly moving the line over time. <laughs> The needle. Uh, Joseph, I would not have asked him to do this the first year he joined. There was multiple reasons. You were coming out of some hurt from your last church, some confusion. Him and his family just needed to acclimate, reacclimate to what a healthy worship service looked like. Joseph has now been under Meriden Hill's ministry for six years, Joseph? The first month that you were seven. So then, all right, so for seven years. And in that seven years, Joseph has seen now the good, the bad, and the ugly from both denominations, Baptist and Pentecostal. And I think that like most of our members who have come out of another religion, another denomination even, I think Joseph, at least in my assumption, you can tell me if I'm wrong, I see Joseph as more he would just say he's, oh, he's a Christian. He wouldn't call himself a Pentecostal. He wouldn't call himself a Baptist. He would just say he's a Christian. I've been a Baptist. I call myself a Baptist. I think very few of our members of our church would call themselves Baptists, but that does, I don't care. And I don't need Joseph to say he's a Baptist. I'd be concerned if he called himself a Pentecostal. But if Joseph says he's a Christian, that's sufficient for me. So as far as ordination, there would be another ordination service in our church after some time of Joseph um, working with the people. I did the same for Ethan. In fact, the plan is to ordain Ethan this fall. We've had that conversation. We've been talking about it. Ethan's been here many years before I finally um, am, am willing to ordain Ethan. John came ordained, so there's no need to, to go down that road with John. I don't generally ordain people before they come into our, our ministry. <laughs> you, uh, he's, he's now moving to Pentecostal. Is John going Pentecostal? Are you going back? <laughs> oh, from a Mormon church. <laughs> okay. So I don't generally ordain people before they come, and I don't generally ordain them in the first year. I, I've never done that. Um, they had to be here sometime before our church would ordain them. It doesn't mean they can't do the work of a pastor. Ordination is not a biblical mandate in the way that we do it. In the Bible, ordination is essentially God ordained them and the people recognized through laying out of hands. Our version of ordination is, are you up for the task, and do we want to put our stamp of approval on you, per se? And so for me, that takes a little longer. Yes? You've gone over the last few weeks about the qualifications of being a deacon without any mention of qualifications for being a pastor, which I would think would be, you know. I have in the past, things. Marie. You just weren't here when I did it years oh, ago. Oh, I've been here every week, baby. No, no, it's not. <laughs> Marie. 
did you just call me baby? What? <laughs> <laughs> no, years ago, when we were talking, when we brought other pastors on, I've, I've been through the qualifications of pastors. So going over it again with Joseph, I hear you. So let me say this. Very similar. Very similar. So if you take what I said about deacons and apply it to the pastor, you're pretty much right on line. Uh, if you look at the list of things in a deacon, the list of things in the pastor, the words might be a little different, but the idea and the expectations is pretty much the same. Anything else? Okay. Any others? Not necessarily a question, but based on the line of questioning, maybe it would be helpful to clarify um, the scheduled hours that he's going to be working at the school so that the congregation knows the availability he will have. And also, obviously, this is replacing his full-time current job, um, combining those two, just so it's clear Joseph on would the be time. scheduled for 8 in the morning to 1230. That is the obligation he has to the school. It opens up his afternoons to continue counseling outside of the school, whether that is church families or clients through his current agency that he will keep some. He could not keep all because he's now working at Mid-State when and before he was not. But Joseph does have a heart for the community, and we've talked about this. He would keep some clients. We've discussed um, instead of doing a midweek uh, service with the Spanish ministry, Joseph might do a midweek uh, group therapy session with whether Spanish speaking or English speaking and kind of use his therapy skills and education in that way in the evenings. The chances of him meeting with an adult at 1230 in the afternoon are slim because most adults are working. I'm not saying all, but you know, that uh, that's just probably not going to happen often. It'd be the evening sessions that Joseph might put together in a group setting uh, for the church family. Any others? And that's not to, to, to say that I'm pigeon-toed to 12.30 um, because you, people have things come up. Emergencies happen. I work at schools, too. I do trains at school. Sometimes you might have an idea and things happen. You have to tend to that. And so I don't want you to think at 12.30 it's a clock out. Sometimes there may be a situation that may lead into that. Um, one of the things that the secular world does is when they do school therapy is that they just, they just do the work with the children. Um, as a ministry, we include the parents. It's a collaborative effort. There's no way I'm going to talk to a child, a, a youth, and think that the work's going to be done with just that person, that student and I. It's a family thing. And so being creative as well as beyond it, maybe there may be evening sessions or group sessions or, or parental uh, reminders or meetings just to let the parents know and families know what's actually being worked, what's actually being done at school, understand the goals that the children have, um, struggles. It, it's going to be a very collaborative effort. Um, and I'm going to see in a way where we treat the family, not the youth. And so he offered that to me out of his heart because he knows I love the community. However, there may be situations arise where I may be here longer, and that's stuff that I would work with him as well. Okay, we're going to end the conversation with Joseph. Are there any questions for Anna? Anna will be automatically a pastor's wife. That's not something we vote on. She's not voted in as the first lady of the Spanish ministry, as would be the case in some ministries. But you get... I know. I said in some ministries. Remember, we're Baptist here, Joseph. <laughs> so <laughs> so uh, having Anna join the, the, the leadership team as a pastor's wife, are there any questions you'd like to direct towards her? Oh, you guys are going to be nice to her, huh? They're playing it nice. All right, Jesse's like, fine, I'll ask a question. Go ahead, Jesse. Are you going to still be full-time at ABC, or are you backing off on that a little, or... Like, how is that going to affect your availability to the Spanish church? 
I am still going to be full-time in ABC. Um, actually, Pastor Russ is, um, I asked Pastor Russ to be um, part of the board of ABC, which he's now the president. Um, and I asked him because I needed help in maneuvering ABC just because when I walked in, I walked into an empty chair. Um, so I was literally trying to build ABC by myself, bringing in brand new staff. Um, and so Pastor Russ has been helping me um, with guiding ABC to where it needs to be, to where I'm not the only one doing all of the outreach, all of the missions work. Um, and there's a collaborative team that is actually going to help me so that I can be part of this ministry. Our last board meeting, the board members all, we started talking, well, we had talked earlier, but it kind of come to that point again where board members will share the responsibility. If I remember, they said they'd each be willing to do twice a year, at least, between the other eight board members. Yes. So that's 16 yes. Sundays, and myself included. I'd be willing to go visit a church tw twice out of the year and, and represent ABC. So that's 16 services right there that would be taken from Anna, and we're working towards that. It's a process. Not all boards are as unified and as kind as the folks sitting in this room, and there's some very strong opinions on our board, and we're trying to be patient to get that that. Um, nonprofit to a point where Ann is not expected to carry everything on her shoulders. Anyone else? You have a statement? You don't get it. While she's doing that, hold on. Why don't we go ahead and we're going to let Sarah make her statement since it's not a question while we're voting. So, do I have a motion to vote? On the ballot, I have Steve Charpentier. Do I have a second? All right, I have a Sway Rivera. All in favor? All right, you may vote while Sarah makes her statement. Go ahead, Sarah. <laughs> so I've seen the way that Anna runs and organizes her events with her team, and I think it would be amazing that the church would also have an opportunity to continue with the partnership, the involvement, but I think it would be a, a huge blessing. You bring a lot to the table. Um, individually as well as collectively. You both have different strengths, different experience, and I think it would be a blessing to be able to have both of you in that capacity. And I would also like to make sure I have an invite to all of the women's events that you might do. And uh, save me a plate of food at every event as well. Thank you. Okay, I would like for... Anna, are you gonna be the church pianist and vocalist? <laughs> <laughs> the Spanish yes. ministry pianist and vocalist. You're going to be know the worship talent. team. <laughs> She's, she has to pray about I'll it. I'll pray about it. <laughs> she has to pray Thank about you, it. Amy. <laughs> All right. I would, uh, if Pam and Abby could be our second counters again on this one, we'll do the same thing. The first group will count, and then the two of you, John, we got some back here, Joel. And then can we make sure the nursery uh, got their ballot, and Ethan and Caitlin upstairs get their ballot as well, please? Okay, while they're taking up the ballots and counting them, we're going to talk about nominations for deacons. While they're counting those up, uh, I'm going to go ahead and close the business meeting. If you have to go, that's fine. The nominations for deacons is not, is not necessary to be a, a business matter. So do I have a motion to close the business meeting? <laughs> a lot of you. All right. <laughs> we got Miguel Diaz and Sam Mesa, first and second. All in favor? All right, all right. Business meetings officially closed. If you'd like to exit, you may do so without any shame. No one will judge you. As you are exiting, we're going to talk about deacons. Remember, this is a 